Resonant Truth presents Natural Time, Mayan Astrology for a Modern Age. I'm Lisa Starr. I was raised in the faith of the Mayan sacred calendars. These ancient cycles have been resurrected for a modern audience and called Natural Time, in part because our year of uneven month lengths is, by comparison, really unnatural. I am not here to lead any kind of revolt against the Gregorian calendar, but I do want to bring the Mayan alternative to light and want you to know about Mayan astrology, where the passage of time and your birthday within it has deep mystical and magical significance according to indigenous spirituality. I am passionate, I am transparent, and I am emotionally available, if not volatile. And that's because I'm a blue overtone storm. You can find out what you are at Resonant Truth. Today on the Soul King Count is called Blue Planetary Hand, and it is the 10th day of the White Mirror Wave Spell, and it is the Electric Moon Day 3. So I talked quite a bit last podcast, or at least introduced and emphasize that we're in the mystic column. It is the seventh column of 13. The Zolkin is 13 columns of 20 days each. And this seventh column is the central one, if you look at it visually. And it very much acts as like the spine of the Zolkin, or more importantly, as we reference the chakras that line our spine and skull and stretch us vertically between heaven and earth that is the same thing going on here it is just this vortex or portal or passage where you can just feel very deeply connected to i don't know what's out there and uh what's in here in this planet at its depth like the soul of the planet with the soul of the sky system and it rushes between the two my personal not over committed belief but just like my imagining is that the maya that populated the yucatan guatemala and belize uh, and then kind of disappeared through colonization and some of it's a mystery, what happened to them? That they rose as souls and created this like off-planet space, the ascended Maya, and that we're getting a lot of charge from them, and they are the ones, I mean, who knows how many of them, but some of them over eons, maybe not eons, over less than a thousand years, were so watchful of both the actual stars and the cosmos, as well as some kind of metaphysical cycling. And they documented it all, and they honed it all, and they left us the knowledge of these calendars that were the mainstay of their terrestrial beliefs and their spiritual beliefs. So... I would presume that when we're in the mystic column, we can really feel supercharged by the Maya, who are ascended souls somewhere. 
And maybe you can feel it in the planet. Like I don't walk around going, I feel really connected to the Mayan people. By people, I mean like they're alive now. That's so far from my truth. And I try, I mean, I don't think that, so I don't have to worry about saying it. But I don't say it or feel it because I just feel really lucky that there seems to be this other way of invoking the teachings than appropriating something or investing a lot of like carbon footprint and going and turning the Yucatan Peninsula upside down trying to find more living truths than what we can find in the calendars like that's the deal for me it's like well it's all in the calendar I don't really have to go anywhere and I don't really go anywhere to be honest not because I'm special and super ecological, but just because uh, it's the mystic column. <laughs> That's the main point. It's 20 days in the center and you can connect to outer space, whatever you think is there. And you can also feel that there is a flow from outer space to this planet and deeper, you know, than where we stand on it and that we're in the flow right now. And it feels like being kind of, I don't know, what is the feeling of being in any portal? It's just sort of like not normal. I feel like we all grew up with expectations of normalcy and we endeavored to belong in normality. And then when we step away, some people like start stepping away through drugs and maybe psychedelic drugs or just maybe any drugs, you know, weed. And you get that feeling that I'm describing, which is kind of like, I'm not really here or there. I'm not myself, but I am not totally absent. I'm in between. That's kind of what it seems like to me. I guess... I was saying publicly what <laughs> I believe, which is if you follow the calendars, you don't need to get high because it's like being high. And I do have an axe to grind with people that get high all the time because I feel kind of locked out of that. That's normalcy now. And I don't, I don't know how to belong to that. But when I'm feeling really critical that people get high, I'm speaking specifically about pot then I'm all, well, like I'm pretty high on this. So it's probably as annoying to them that I'm all, oh man, it's a blue planetary hand day in the middle of the white mirror wave spell. That's like probably as annoying to a pot smoker as I'm annoyed by the forgetfulness and slow motion behavior. It is the white mirror wave spell, but damn it, it's pretty much at a tipping point. And we made it, it is the end of day 10 in California, which means unless you're in Hawaii, it's really over. The ascent goes for 10 tones, 10 days and a 13 day wave spell. So it's all white mirror through the 10th day, but then everything falls apart when the wave breaks on the 11th day. And it's still white mirror, but it's not the power of white mirror. It's not the dominance or focus of white mirror. It's the opposite. Tomorrow, yellow spectral star is the opposite of white mirror. And the wave always breaks in the opposite 
tribe from the wave spell. So white mirror gets 10 days. Next wave spell is blue monkey. It gets 10 days. I mean, I'm being really scientific or I'm being really um, dogmatic. I'm trying to be short-winded, which is rare for me, but it's just like, it is also just a developing thesis of mine. Like, oh, I see. It's the white mirror wave spell for 13 days, but white mirror is on ascendancy or has dominion or is the focal point or can't be avoided for 10 of the 13 days. And then the wave breaks and it breaks in opposition to the wave spell and it also breaks to balance the wave spell. And then on the 12th day, the crystal day, we get to be back in the white mirror focus, but the power, the surge, the ascent is behind us. So we're talking about it retro retrospectively. So it's still white mirror and we're ref reflective about it and we're still caught up in it, but it, it doesn't have hold on us. We're not like subservient to its force or charge. And then the cosmic day is always like the last sort of like, ah, this was actually quite delightful. And again, ooh, the ominousness of the next wave spell that's about to arrive, or maybe it's not ominous. How can blue monkey be ominous, our next wave spell? It's sort of the opposite of ominous, but we feel it coming and it might create anxiety in us. White mirror the wave spell. I'm going to just be circular at the beginning of this wave spell. I was afraid, I'm waiting to adopt a a child and I was feeling so vulnerable that the worst thing that could happen during white mirror would be that I you know the same way a pregnancy can be lost to miscarriage uh, yeah that I was afraid of that and I was afraid of someone changing their mind and etc like there's just a bundle of little anxieties that are woven into waiting for your own pregnancy or waiting for someone else's to come to fruition. And uh, I completely hit a wall about it on like day five or six. You know, I, I felt like, oh, that's too on the nose. You know, the thing I feared the most, is that really what's going to happen? And I talked myself out of it. But then I absolutely had to go through the process of terror and anticipating having my heart ripped out, which is my shorthand for the white mirror wave spell, which you have to listen to other episodes to be reminded why I would say that. It's about human sacrifice and the heart being out of, out of uh, a sacrificial victim's body, which we might feel emotionally or cathartically or uh, metaphorically during this wave spell ourselves. And so for that moment when I really had a couple of hours of being like, oh yeah, I could tell what what this would feel like if it were true that this isn't gonna work out for me. It was just the seed of extreme heartache. And then, you know, nothing's definitive, but there hasn't been a miscarriage. And I talked through with the um, birth mother a little bit of that anxiety. 
but mostly it was just really illustrative to me that I had kind of honed in on my vulnerability around sacrifice, what I don't want to be forced to let go of, and touched so deeply into the fear that I could, I could really imagine viscerally what it would feel like to have to sacrifice that, and it felt terrible. On the other hand, in my white mirror time, I really did stay focused on some larger than self items. Uh, I did have something fall through. I had a lot of sense of humor about it because it was so white mirror that it did, or we could say Mercury retrograde if you're tracking that as well. Just like a whoopsie daisy, something I thought was one way was the other. And it didn't cause me a lot of pain because I can drop right into white mirror sometimes when it is very obviously that. You know, again, if you're not like wrought with the worst kind of catastrophic heart searing agony, which isn't typical of white mirror, but it's like kind of the fear around it, the foment, the sacrifices you actually have to make, again, it's just like God coming along and releasing your grip for you. And I, I did find myself able to go with God on that. Like, okay, I will let go. You are making me let go. I will let go. And I did feel the transcendence that, that came with that. Not like, ooh, this is the best feeling ever. But okay, I get it. I get it that it actually feels good to admit I'm not in control of these situations. I know I'm not in control of the birth mother or the outcome of this pregnancy. And I know how long I've waited to be in a position where I'm interacting with someone who has an unwanted sort of pregnancy. And I already have humility to the max. So my suspicion is that like the ego is checked on that box. And I can still be egotistical in so many parts of my life. And that would be where white mirror would be leaning for me is where I'm still arrogantly acting in charge. But as I started this diatribe of a sort with, it's over. Not the wave spell, but the forced participation in some reiteration of the Mayan human sacrifice portal. And it's also, in a modernized language, a time of great, intense and beautiful mirroring and finding those that reflect us, which feels really great. So you can be like, oh, it's also the end of that time. And that's true. It is the end, again, of the kind of clear focal supremacy of white mirror. And tomorrow we will fall into yellow spectral star and feel things come undone. Uh, yeah, I'm not excited about that either. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of a grumpy um, Zulkin follower. Sorry, it's been a it's been a grind. I can remind everyone that this is the end of the five wave spells that I point to as really the work of the Zulkin doesn't really stop. But, it, you know, it's like collectively or 
commonly, it's hard to deal with the wave spells we've just gone through. And the ones to come have less um, austerity, I think. When we changed to the blue monkey wave spell in four days, we also changed the second half of the Zolkin. Blue monkey, mag, blue magnetic monkey, the beginning of the blue monkey wave spell starts on day 130, which is exactly in the middle of 260 days. And the first half of the Zolkin is called the red dragon Genesis, named for the first wave spell, the red dragon wave spell. The second half of the Zolkin is called the Blue Monkey Genesis. And they each have, uh, I don't know, an ambiance. And I'm going to say it this way. I think that it's like a pair of lungs. That's not the right analogy. It's not medically accurate. I was going to say it's like a pair of lungs and one breathes in and the other breathes out, which is not what happens (laughs) with our lungs at all. But it's, it's like an inhalation red dragon genesis and exhalation blue monkey genesis and think of it this way it's like red dragon is the mother blue monkey is the child so you know oh this is dynamic this is great this is me learning something that i'm never going to forget about the zolkin the zolkin is 260 days long oh i'm going to interrupt myself part of the reason i spoke on the podcast about this pregnancy outside my body is because I need to be public about being in a 260 day cycle around an expectant child because the Zolkin is 260 days long because it represents and replicates the time of gestation in the womb for a human baby in utero. So that's happening over here in my outer realm. But at the center of my heart or thought process. And I want to do the countdown uh, towards hopefully the healthy birth of this child uh, through the Zolkin and through what I talk about here. So that, that in mind, because the Zolkin represents um, the time in utero I just realized when I said, oh, red dragon Genesis, the first half is like the mother, blue monkey Genesis, the second half is like the child. Like that makes a lot of sense just as a a metaphor, as a mythology. But think about what's going on in the womb. It is like 130 days of mom dominant sustaining of life. And then within the womb, the second 130 days is so much more about the the human development of this fetus into something that couldn't like live on its own when it's born, but isn't dependent directly uh, on the mother such that as a mother provides everything from her womb to a developing baby. I'm not super medically savvy about all this stuff and I don't want to talk about it endlessly here, but do you get it? Like, I really believe this, having just in my mind's eye discovered it while we're live on air. Uh, 
it's a big one. It's a big, <laughs> it's a big deal to, to think of it the, this way that the first half of the Zolkin is coming from a divine mother or a divine helper, angel, sun god. You know, that's what I've always said. The first half of the Zolkin is like, here are the lessons. Here is what I want you to focus on. Here is where you need to grow beyond what you already know. I am giving you support and information and uh, faded events through these wave spells that you must receive and expand. And then in the second half of the Zulkin, it's much more like a toddler who starts walking on their own away from their parent and you have to chase them. Or again, like in utero, a baby whose, you know, fingers get really long and a heart organ expands. I don't know exactly what's going on in there, but <laughs> you get the idea. Midway through the second trimester, a baby in utero is much more sustainable if it has to be born. So what our lives will look like as we step into the second half of the Zulkin is just much more independence from lessons that bring us sort of desperately and directly into a process with our creator. You can be more carefree and a little more thoughtless, you know, like just try it now. I've crammed you with all of this reckoning and I have asked you to be awake and hear me. That's what God is saying. And then in the second half, Blue Monkey, it's like, okay, go play with everything I've given you. Or you get to play because you have done so much work. And I would say to you all, oh, doesn't that sound amazing? Except I'm not that fond of Blue Monkey. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I'm happy to go find out what it's like. Truly, I'll, I'll jump in and I'll be reminded and we'll talk about it here because I'll remember, no, I love Blue Monkey for this reason. And after Blue Monkey is yellow seed and after yellow seed is red earth and after red earth is white dog and you know these wave spells just aren't searing and uh, eviscerating to our sensibility uh, in the same way things can occur um, life is on life's terms or whatever but um, just kind of foundationally it's it's different to do Blue Monkey than Blue Storm or White Dog than White World Bridger or White Mirror or Yellow Seed and Yellow Human. Red Earth and, well, I don't put Red Skywalker in there, but Red Earth and Red Serpent, just different. Okay, what else? Well, it's the electric moon. Does that feel different? big sigh. I mean, it's not the lunar moon anymore. That could be phase one of this um, reflection. Like, so it's, oh, so it's not the lunar moon anymore. The lunar moon is full of proof 
that the world is polarized. Proof of shadow, because we can't just live in light, you know, so, okay, oh, wow, I want to just live in light. No, absolutely not. There are shadows. Same if you're really, really depressive and you're like, there's only shadows. Like, no, there's also light, but that's the lunar uh, polarity that both exist. So we spend the whole moon having to think about how things exist because they are bouncing off each other, differentiating from each other. There's a lot of shapes that we witness in the lunar moon because shadows are cast. Nothing's opaque. And lunar people are like that as well. So now it's not that. That's one first uh, statement. And then, so what is electric? The question is, how can I best be of service? So we're immediately going to find out. And it'll take 28 days maybe to remind us what we find out immediately or add things to what we find out immediately. And some of it will build to, to like greater amazement or awareness. There is something cyclical that happens within a 28-day moon where we move around the medicine wheel from east to north to west to south one week in each direction. And there is a capitulating moment where, um, you know, it gets really dynamic and accelerated and there can be upheaval emotionally and that's in the third week of the four. So you may not really know how you can best be of service until you get into that like more emotionally dynamic, wrought place. Or you might find out in the first week, you know, because it's the east and we sort of attract a purpose with the rising sun. Maybe not purpose, that's distracting, but you know, you attract um, awareness of how can you be of service in the east where the idea begins. The idea of how we can be of service is like fire or first light. How can we best be of service? I don't, it's not all about me, but I'm just saying aloud that, oh, this white mirror wave spell really got me with feeling like I'm, you know, I don't want to look in the mirror. <laughs> it's been a mirror wave spell. I'm like, I don't really want to see that. I don't really want to see that. And so I'm thinking as a, as a middle-aged, way middle-aged person, um, like, how can I like looking in the mirror better? And that's part of my uh, electric moon query. We're only on day three, but it's very intense for me. Um, like, how can I, um, sounds selfish when I say it, but be of service to my body, my poor body that has been working, um, the sort of manual labor uh, sort of indentured servant to myself for almost two years or literally two years because I had to pack up my house two years ago. Okay, so that's first in inklings for me. And then the second obvious, obvious thing is um, that this year for me includes being of service to an infant. 
So hopefully. So that's been proven after my big fear and foment about it not being true. I think it is true, and I think we'll probably get there, and I'll be doing that. So, you know, we're day three, and I already have a little answer that was um, that wasn't obvious. I have to take care of my body and feel better about being in it and looking at it. And I have um, the very clear, preordained, but still true service act tied into my year based on this external pregnancy. So you get to take notes like that for yourself about being of service. The best part of following this calendar is this question and this tone. There are other cool tones. I have my favorites. Really love the galactic tone. Uh, I really love the cosmic tone. The questions associated with them is what I mean. So how can I be of service is, I I mean, it's in the 12 step formula that I have formerly been part of for 30 years. So I, I recognize it's in other disciplines. It's not like singular here, but it's just so helpful in the new age movement to have something that reminds us that we're going to be of service and not just be like, I'm manifesting abundance. It's not about that at all here, which is probably why it isn't very new age to do natural time anymore. It's rather esoteric and unknown and undeveloped in the new age, actually, because it's kind of like too real, man. Um, so how can I be of service? I, I'm laughing because I'm like, is it best be of service? <laughs> Just how, how can I be of service? How can I best be of service? I have to remind myself by looking... Uh, but in, it is about service, this tone, and it is a cool part of the Zulkin that being of service is right up front. It's like the top three, the Trinity purpose. Yes, we're given a plan of some kind, something to do, and then we're shown that it's going to have an obstacle to overcome. But then we're reminded that whatever any of that is, we're going to be of service somehow, and this is when we find out how. I am Lisa Starr. I am another yourself. And in Mayan we say, in La Cache.